Welcome to Coaching with Kelly. I hope our time together helps you um, feel equipped and empowered to use the tools you need to live a vibrant life. Today, I'm going to be sharing on this podcast a workshop that I recently did. And whether you are actually hosting an event in the next few months, or you just have something coming up that needs some mental attention given to it so that you can think through all of the different areas that need your energy, and then you want to decide in advance what to prioritize and how to craft those small practices that create results. I know that our How to Host Without Losing Your Mind workshop can help you. So as you're listening, feel free to hop over to kellytippets.com and you'll be able to download the workbook that I'm referencing. Again, hope that this serves you. Welcome to Coaching with Kelly, a podcast that equips you with tools to live a vibrant life in every season. Join life coach Kelly Tibbetts as she encourages you and interviews inspiring guests who are living a vibrant life. How to host without losing your mind. The workshop for this month is going to help you understand why we think, feel, and do life the way we do. We're beginning with understanding the nuance of hosting. One of my favorite new phrases to say is notice the nuance. Notice that there's subtlety and nuance in most of the things that we think about. So this workshop became an idea, a plan that we wanted to share because of the word hosting. My friend Ellen, who helps me create this company and get all these workbooks together, had an aha moment at the end of last year's holiday season where she realized hosting an event involved so many steps. It involved preparing the food. It involved planning in advance. It involved entertaining and being with your guests. It involved cleaning up. So hosting is not one thing. So the first thing we want you to do is either take out a notebook, maybe you printed this workbook, and just give yourself a moment or two to notice the nuance of hosting for you. What's involved? Is it preparing and cleaning and inviting and cooking and making sure the leftovers go home with friends and family? Whatever you're noticing, take a moment and write it down. To help you get an even more significant list of the reality of what hosting is, we've given you the second page of the workshop, which says that hosting actually begins way before an event, doesn't it? There's the choosing of the date and time. It's deciding which people are coming, what kind of invitation are they going to get? When you plan the menu, are you going through the recipes you already have? If it's Thanksgiving, is it really important to, you know, somebody on your mom's side that used grandma's pumpkin pie recipe? Maybe you want to look for new recipes. Maybe, like me, you like to begin in the freezer or the pantry to make sure that anything that is usable or needs to be used soon is going into this week's plan. Then you might have your grocery list. I am one of those crazy couponers, so it's really important to me to match the sales and the coupons. And then most of the time when we host an event, we want to be really prepared to help honor people who are coming with food allergies and sensitivities and preferences. So all of that happens considerably before the event, doesn't it? Then we have the energy that's needed to actually go shopping and to bring things in and to clean things out, um, to clean your home, to get any kind of decorations out for each season. If you're going to have people staying for more than one day, do they need, you know, the beds remade or towels? How about setting the table? Is it something simple? Is it something more elaborate? When my children were younger and I would host all the, you know, big family events with my side of the family and the little cousins, I loved making sure there were games and activities. Um, every time we had a birthday event, there was always, you know, fun favors to make. That part of it was always fun for me, so I'd spend a lot of time. My oldest daughter preferred going and finding the pretty dishes and making sure that, you know, the good glasses were cleaned. And then finally, 
especially for Thanksgiving, you really want to notice, uh, is there anything you can do four days before, three days before? And do you want to delegate people to take something home or to bring something to you? Um, we did this course live today, and one of the participants had just such a great idea. You know, people want to bring something when you host them in your home. And if you are not looking for somebody to bring something because you have it all prepared, maybe you can do, um, you know, sort of a fundraiser for a local organization where people could bring canned goods or um, other things. I thought that was such a great idea because sometimes you're hosting and you're clear on your menu you and you have everything you need and you don't really want people to bring things but in general people feel like they would like to bring you some more wine or some flowers and if you would like to I just think that is such a great idea of offering some place where the people who are coming to your home can bring something but it's going to an actual need <laughs> finally we're getting closer to the day of the event what has to be done that day what final cooking what appetizers and then another meaning of host right it's not just the preparing and the inviting now it's the being with people the energy needed to greet them, make sure there's a space for their coats and getting them drinks and just being with people. What is your thought on how everyone feels at your party? If I can offer this to you, every human is completely responsible for what they think, what they feel and what they do. So you're never responsible for making sure that someone else is having fun or having a good time. Their feelings are created by their thoughts. You're responsible. I'm responsible for my thoughts. Like, I'm so glad you're here. I want to be present with you. That creates a feeling of connected and then drives the actions. Maybe you feel like it's hard for you to finish dinner prep when guests are there, or maybe you enjoy that because it gives you back some of that social emotional energy. Then, of course, there's the serving and the sitting and the eating and getting up and getting the drinks. And then who's going to clear the table? Because generally, after we've had a big meal, we're all a little bit tired. But now there's a whole nother part of hosting, isn't there? There's the leftovers and there's maybe dessert time or tea. Then we have the cleanup. And even if you have a dishwasher, we know that that's not all that's involved. There's usually lots of work with setting the dishwasher once or twice and putting things away. And then, of course, if you're going to have overnight guests, thinking through the other meals. I'd say this was one of the big issues that I made a mistake with last year. My adult children returned home for Thanksgiving. One of them has, you know, food sensitivities. And I forgot to think past the big day of Thanksgiving and make sure that there was food for her because we had gotten used to not buying those kinds of things. So that's something that's important to me to make sure I notice this year, I decide, and then I have the practices to make sure that those foods are in place. So one of the best gifts that Ellen does is take these thoughts that are in my brain and help me to just, you know, get them clear into workbooks that make it easy for all of us to understand. So we just gave you a real chronological order of, you know, maybe two weeks before till a few days after an event. Now we want to take a moment. We're just going to ask you to sort of put these into related boxes. And one of the things I'd love for you to notice if you're working with me on a regular basis, go to the sticky note system look at the um, different courses we have around emotional, mental, physical, spiritual energy. And if this is your first time connecting with me, I just offer you that. As a human, you think, you feel, you do. You have emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual energy. And it's good for you to notice what kind of energy each activity needs. And do you have enough for it? Um, one of my friends posted a really beautiful Instagram post recently where she said, what's in my cup is for me. And what comes out of my cup is for you. Make sure that you're pouring into you so that you have enough of the energy you need to pour out for others. So maybe you want to take the list that we gave you and the first box is like, okay, what needs to be done around the home? 
And then the next box is, okay, what needs to be done around the food, the cooking, the preparing? How about the planning and the organizing? And then what has to happen when people are actually in the home? And what would be a real big gift for you is to notice which of these things brings you energy, which are sort of neutral, and which um, of these activities drain you. And if there are more people in your home than just you, maybe some of them have, you know, complementary gifts that could help you. Um, You prefer to be with the people and your spouse prefers to make the food. That's how it works in my family. So what we're offering you on this next workbook page is for you to take all of those activities that you're choosing to include in the next time that you host. So every time that you host, you would print out this page right here, write down your list of what you need to do, and then decide, is this something that you really like or you really love? You know, if the five categories is too much, maybe bring it down to three, things you like or love, things that are sort of neutral, things that you just dislike. But if you're able to get to the five point scale, you're really going to notice some nuance, right? That's the whole point today, noticing the nuance. These things bring me life. I could do them all day long. These things exhaust me and they deplete me. When you're looking at this list, you might notice, oh, you know why I hate that? I hate that because it's an hour and a half worth of work and I only have 30 minutes to do it. Or I hate that because I need a lot of emotional energy and by the time that event takes place, my emotional energy is depleted. You're going to notice the nuance of why you like, love, dislike, hate, or feel neutral about the different activities involved in hosting. And so the fourth bullet point, the fifth bullet point, are there ways to plan ahead? Are there ways to spread out the tasks? Can you ask for help or delegate or maybe just have to omit some of the things that you just don't have the energy for this year? Again, during the live workshop today, one of the great pieces of advice is you don't have to look just to your family. Maybe there's somebody that you know that isn't going to be part of an event and they would love to be at your home that this person in particular said when she was a single friend, she would be invited to friends' homes and she just loved to do the dishwashing time. She loved the energy of sitting around the sink and as she's cleaning the dishes, there's people that she's connecting with. And so I think that's just like a beautiful thought. Is there somebody else we could invite into this? As I began to do this work in my own life, I have three adult children. My husband actually really prefers the cooking day of um, hosting events. It's the best place for his emotional energy and it's something he actually enjoys. And then my three daughters each have different areas that they love and hate. And the worst thing I could do would be to ask them to do the thing they hate and ask the sister to do something that they hate. Instead of just letting each of them do the thing they love, one of them loves to bake, one of them loves to make our table look beautiful, one of them um, enjoys helping me with cleanup. I actually, you know, I wouldn't say I love cleanup, but I like cleanup. I strongly dislike making food. I just find that part a little bit harder. I prefer baking to cooking, but my husband actually enjoys it. So taking the time to notice the nuance of what it is that you love and like and dislike and hate, and then having the conversations with the people who will be part of the day. How can we make this something that keeps our energy higher rather than depleting or exhausting us? So my three-step coaching program usually says the three words, notice, decide, and practice. So we're noticing the nuance, and now we're coming to a decision. And for each event, choose one thought to try on. Now, when we're creating new thoughts in our brain, we can expect for there to be resistance, right? Have you ever driven the same way to work day after day, and then you're going somewhere near work, but you're not going to work, and you almost accidentally drive to work? That's because your brain keeps so many things, so many habits on repeat, and thoughts tend to be repeated. So if you're going to create a new thought, 
maybe add on this latter phrase of it's possible. It's possible that I can change some of the expectations I have this year. It's possible I can delegate one of the tasks this year. It's a, it's possible that it's okay not to have everything be homemade. Look at the different thoughts, maybe add on that latter thought of it's possible and then decide that's the thought that will be driving your behavior this holiday season. And maybe you need to use a different thought for each holiday event. Sometimes you're hosting, sometimes you're a guest, but the biggest gift you can give yourself is reviewing this workshop for the goal of choosing the thought that's gonna drive the feelings and the actions, which will then create the results you want this holiday season. And the reason we've created the Holiday Harmony series is we think harmony is the best way to describe healthy relationships. It's not a bunch of people who are saying and thinking and feeling and doing everything the same. The beauty is in the difference. So a new thought to try, And then to get the energy for the things that you love, you might have to say, not now, not this year, could you help me to some of the other activities? So maybe choosing one, two, or three tasks to delegate or one, two, three tasks to omit and expect the resistance that will come. Your brain would prefer that you keep doing things the same way and probably some of the people in your life will prefer that you keep doing things the same way because that has worked for them. It's okay for you to choose to invest your energy in what's important to you and not just always do the things that come with urgency and energy from the people around you. So that's just an overview, one tool that you can use this holiday season. I would love to help you create harmony and healthy relationships this holiday season. I'm offering a six week session, three sessions in October, two in November, one in December with a few fun workshops, all for $99. And you even get one private one-on-one coaching session with me. So you can go to kellytippets.com and there's a link there. You can follow me on Instagram or Facebook to find out more. But I truly hope that this workshop really helps you create healthy relationships this holiday and that you're able to host without losing your mind. Thanks for listening to Coaching with Kelly. Join us next time for another conversation on how to live a vibrant life in every season. To find out more about Kelly, including how to make her your life coach, visit kellytibbets.com or connect with her on Facebook, Clubhouse, or Instagram.